Have you checked out VanillaSoft? It's a sales engagement platform, but what does that mean, right? Well, it means that you can stop your sales reps from cherry picking leads. It means they'll make more than just two or three contact attempts. It means you could potentially triple your sales pipeline. Check it out at VanillaSoft.com. Tenbound, the world's leading research and advisory firm 100% focused and dedicated to sales development, is now announcing the Tenbound Sales Development Conference 2020. This year, we'll welcome over 750 of the top minds in sales development to two major conferences, the New York City Leadership Conference on June 18th and the San Francisco Multitrack Conference on August 17th. Join us at both and learn from the best in sales development in these one-day experiences. Gain the latest intelligence from the 10-bound analyst team, unparalleled training opportunities, and networking with the leaders in our industry at the 10-Bound Sales Development Conference 2020. Go to 10bound.com slash conference to learn more. That's 10bound.com slash conference. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am very excited. We've been digging in on this topic of outsourced sales development and working with these firms to build pipeline. And I have a certified expert, someone who has been in this industry for many years and has a lot of experience that they're they're coming on to share. Mr. Seth Kinney, Inside Sales Solutions, VP of Sales. How are you doing today, sir? David, David, doing well. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm so glad that you could join us because, you know, a lot of sales leaders, marketing leaders, sales development leaders, I mean, anyone who's in charge of building pipeline is intensely interested in you know, I've got an inside team, they're doing great, or they might be struggling. What do I do to get more appointments, build more pipeline? And then they start to look at your industry. And, you know, I'm just excited to chat with you. Tell us about your experience, what you've been doing and inside sales solutions. Of course, of course. So, you know, you're right. There is a lot of confusion out there. It's interesting. I've been in our industry for several years. I've actually been an internal employee at three sales firms that were all outsourced agencies. And as a result, I've been exposed to about a dozen sales firms through global partnerships and initiatives. So I've seen it done a lot of different ways. I've seen it done well, and I've seen it done not so well on the other side of the coin. That's really, I, I think what makes us unique at Inside Sales Solutions is that you know we're really taking a more consultative approach and embracing a few different modalities of support, which I'm sure we can cover in today's call. But I think just to help eliminate some of the confusion in our industry, it's really multiple subcategories. So they all get really kind of lumped into one bucket of outsourced sales agencies, but it's really broken into subcategories. You'll find some of them that are focused on what we call pay for performance models, where you've got a specific number of meetings, you feed that into the team, and then they come back with a result for you based on timeline that you define. This is probably representing about 30 or 40% of the companies that do what we do today. The rest of the market is really focused on dedicated support models. These are essentially white-labeled resources that are putting your label on LinkedIn. They've got a company-sponsored email. They're really your team. They just sit in a different office. So they can join you at things like trade shows and SKOs. They're really specific use case for that team. But I wanted to just clarify that because I think in most buyers' minds, they see us all lumped together and they don't really see these these different categories and these different options that might be available to them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the main confusion. And literally, Seth, we've been studying this here at 10 Bound for like six months and we're still trying to figure out, you know, the guide points. But, you know, the main confusion is like, okay, I need more pipeline. I'm a certain type of business, whether I'm 
founder that just got a couple million bucks or you know this huge mega corporation everybody needs appointments and pipeline right and so then you know they might go to 10 bound they download the map and they, they're like okay there's all these logos i mean where do how do i <laughs> sort through all this so reiterate the three big types that you just gave us and so we can start there there's three main types of these firms. And if you feel comfortable, you can name names. We're all friends here. But give us an, those three and an example of those so that we can start to kind of double click on the map. Sure, sure. So we've got really three primary sub-segments of that market map for outsourced companies. You've got pay-for-performance companies. These are typically going to be companies like BAO, for instance, by appointment only. There's a few other players in that space, but really they suit a specific audience very, very well. They're great for mature companies. They're great if you know your ideal customer profile very, very well. You've got defined messaging that's been proven. They can also be great options for events or trade show follow-ups where you've got just a big list of leads and it may or may not make sense to get cadence based with those types of approaches. Typically, these types of, of companies are going to be very phone heavy. You're going to see a lot of phone activity as opposed to some of the other connection channels, but they can be a great option for those types of businesses. The second category would be dedicated resource companies. Then there's a lot more players in this space. I think this is where you're going to find most of your sales development companies these days, probably close to 60% or so. And they're traditionally going to be more cadence-based. They're going to loop in multiple channels of communication like video, direct mail, phone, of course, is always going to be there, you know, social media. And they'll loop these into a cadence-based approach. These are going to be really good options for companies that are still trying to define that market Maybe they need extra support at trade shows. Maybe they just need to expand their team size or they're growing really fast and they want to continue to, to fill their account executives' pipelines. These are typically really good options there. And then the last on the list would be point solutions. And these are those companies that hit you constantly on LinkedIn and send you spammy emails that say, hey, we can do your LinkedIn for you or we can do email blasts for you. I don't believe any of those companies are on your market map, but they are certainly out there. And I think the challenge for most buyers is that really all three of those look very similar on the surface. It's only when you peel the layers back on the onion that you can go, okay, that's, that's what they do or that's what makes them different. Yes. Okay. So that's the key point, I think, is as somebody who's sitting there and you know, my job is either I got to build pipeline for the sales team as a marketer almost or sales development manager or I'm a sales leader and my sales team is not busy enough. I mean, they're just not talking to enough potential clients. And then they, they look at all these different things and they go, okay, you know, what's the difference between this company that's been around for 20 years and has all these clients and this company that just flooded my inbox saying that they could get me leads, you know? And <laughs> so this is really helpful to break them out into these three main buckets. Well, and that ties into another point too. I, I think it's interesting to know, but you know, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So if you're that company that does a dedicated project and program, very tactful, cadence-based approach, lots of you know, layers, you're using video, you're using all these great tools, but your customer is coming to you with a velocity mindset. They want to see as many meetings as possible as quickly as possible. And they're not as concerned about deep level qualification. Like if, if we're thinking of Bant as this holy grail 
of qualification. They're not as concerned with that. They're really more concerned with velocity. Then that customer that comes to that dedicated service provider may or may not be pleased with those results. They may look at the velocity and think, hey, this isn't what I was expecting. Maybe the quality is good, but they're just not seeing enough at-bats out of a program like that. And the same is true in reverse. If you've got a mindset of heavy qualification and you want to see those band qualified meetings and you're going to a pay-for-performance approach and a company that specializes in that, you may or may not be happy with those results. You might think, you know, hey, I wasn't seeing the quality that I was expecting. The velocity was great, but it just wasn't hitting the nail right on the head. And so I think for most buyers, when you take that direction, and I'm sure you can appreciate this as well, it makes our conversations tough, right? Because then we have to be the one that comes in and says, hey, we're different and here's how. But that's a challenge for a lot of companies out there that have tried something like this in the past. Yeah, because I think, you know, in my experience in working with companies like this, you know, whatever you say, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, dude, we got it. Yeah, we got that. No problem. (laughs) And uh, it's going to take, you know, three months to start, you know, producing results, but just stick to the process and we're going to get it all worked out. And it's not until three to four months down the road until you realize either, oh yeah, we're in sync, they're producing, everybody's happy, or man, this company sucks. That's exactly right. Yeah, It happens at that three, that 90 to 120 day marker, three to four months when you go, maybe they don't have it all figured out. Maybe I needed a different type of delivery model or something's missing from that equation. Yeah, and, um, so, and I, I don't mean to say the company sucks. It's more nuanced than that. It's the company right. might be great. I mean, they might have all the bells and whistles and the systems, right? But it's that you're not a good fit for the company. But in the sales process, they made it sound like you would be a good fit. And so it's like, how do you, as a busy, you know, CMO or a VP of sales, smoke out the one company that's really going to be a good fit for you. Can you? You can. I think I think one of the key points is to first off make sure that they have customers that look just like you. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll give a great example, but you know, service providers for instance. Service providers have a unique set of needs. Their market awareness is typically on the lower end of the scale. So if an SDR is reaching out and saying, "Hey, I work with service provider A, B, or C." they're not as well received as if you call in and say, hey, I work with IBM, right? It's a different conversation. So I think making sure that that company, that provider has experience with your market, with companies that look just like you, that is critical and making sure that that programs like this are successful. Got it. Okay. And then so to that end, it's case studies as well. Like you want to see that there's some case studies where they worked with a company that looks like you and they were able to you know, produce some success. Sure. Case studies. I would even go further and say, hey, can we talk to some clients, right? And I think that's something that any outsource agency that's worth their weight is, is going to offer that. So I would say, ask, for, ask to speak with some clients that look similar to them and, and get a better sense of what they can do. And that's tricky though, because you don't want to like bug your clients, right? And have all these random people calling <laughs> them. So you got to be careful about, you know, Maybe can I have somebody call you like three times a year or something like that? Yeah, or I think. What? How do you yeah, handle that? I think most are going to do like a quarterly reference list, and they'll rotate them out. Is what I've seen work really well. Okay. Um, and you know, typically a company like ours, you know, we're going to look at you know big, small, and in the middle. That way, we we kind of cross all areas, and we try not to over leverage any one customer. But generally, if you're doing it right, your customers love you and they want to have these types of conversations. So, so that's, that's a silver lining, I suppose. 
Yeah. Well, it's amazing. I mean, Inside Sales Solutions has, you know, over 100 SDRs working with some of these big companies and it's not a household name. I mean, it's like, um, <laughs> it's really under the radar. I mean, how are they being so successful? What are they doing that's different than, you know, all these other companies that come up for a while and then just fade away? Yeah, great question. It's And it is interesting. It's funny. I've lived in Tampa my entire life. I had no idea they were right in my backyard, but we've actually been around for about 10 years. And I think what really differentiates us from most of the providers out there is we talked about how you've got your pay for performance models and your dedicated models. We actually do both of those under the same roof. And so by nature, our customers are happy with the results because we take a more consultative approach right in the very beginning to make sure that we're putting them in the right camp for success. We're not trying to mash them into a box because that's what we do, right? We're not just forcing them into a particular modality of support. And so really we've grown over the last 10 years through word of mouth, through, you know, the flywheel, you know, where customers are just going to join a company and they stay there for two years and then they'll move on to another company and they'll bring us with them because they've liked seeing those results. So that's really how we've grown organically over the last 10 years. It's not really been something where we've gone outbound to try to win new business. Interesting. Okay. So it's, it's all been through word of mouth. So what happens? Like, a VP of sales is at a company and they're having great results. And then they just say, they move to a new company and they go, okay, I'm, I want to get those guys back in. Is that, I mean, cause that, that seems like my experience yeah. with these companies and which is a double-edged sword because it could be that at the new company, you're not a great fit, you know, like what we were talking about before, but it's mm. usually like a word of mouth type of thing. Yeah, it can be word of mouth. And I think, you know, you hit the nail right on the head. I think Gong had some stats out that said a VP of sales 10 years, like two years or less or 16 months most recently. So typically we'll see that happen. Somebody uses us at one company and they really like the results and they'll bring us, they'll bring us over. But then, you know, word of mouth is, is big as well. A lot of these folks will travel in similar circles or they'll be on the same message boards and they'll ask advice on, you know, who can they really trust? And that's, that's something that, you know, again, trust is so important in our industry and what we do. And we've got to not only do a great job for our clients, but we've got to continue to do a great job for our clients year over year. We can't just do a great job for 90 days and then disappear because that completely kills our name and our reputation in the space. Most people refer to VanillaSoft as the solution. It's the solution to ensure sales reps make the right number of attempts for every lead across all channels, including email, social, and the phone. It's the solution to serve the rep the next best lead every single time. You need to get your solution at VanillaSoft.com. Got it. Okay. Interesting. And so, all right. So there's all these different tools out there that are designed to help the internal teams you know if sales development teams like if you if you start a sales development team you go to the sales engagement quadrant of the map and you start looking at all these different sales engagement platforms and then you look at data platforms and stuff like that but it's got to be different for outsourced companies right because you've got your platform that you use internally but then everybody's coming at you with all these different things they've got all these different <laughs> CRMs and stuff like that. How does that whole thing work? Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. It's We have to bring consistency to the inconsistent. And I think that's as an outsourced agency and doing this for many years, we've used just about every tool stack you can imagine. Every CRM you can imagine, Salesforce, Soho, MS Dynamics. We've used Outreach, Sales Loft, Frontspin, Vanilla Soft. 
And they're all great tools. And I think really what you have to be able to do as an agency is you have to look at the customer that you're going to be working with. What do they already have today and what's working well? And then also be able to provide some guidance on areas that they might not be thinking about and connection channels that they might not be thinking about, which some of those tools fall in those buckets. Companies like Vidyard, who we love, by the way, are a great fit for certain markets. And if a customer is not thinking about that when they're building their program out, we want to have that type of relationship where we can at least mention additional connection channels and tooling that might make sense for them. Got it. Okay. And then what about data? Because you know, they've probably got a bunch of data, you know, depending on the company, I guess. So if it's a small company, they, they might not have any data or any inbound leads and that they're coming to you to help them, you know, go find some prospects. But, you know, a mega corporation probably has oodles of data that they could give you. So how do you deal with data, you know, generally in order to get this going? Yeah. yeah, great question. So I think it, it really depends on your starting point. If you are that mega corporation with lots of data, then you're probably challenged with keeping that data clean. You're probably challenged with following up with all of it with your, with your field team. And so generally in those types of environments, I would say send some of that stuff our way. I mean, we're happy to fill in the gaps and, and enrich that data, but I think just starting with that is a great place to be. For other companies on the smaller end of the spectrum, they may not have anything. And in those instances, we would provide that data for them. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and again, that's a, yeah. it's a differentiator out there. Some agencies will provide it, some won't. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, the two biggest quadrants, right, on the market map are outsourced providers and data. Because it's like data is like the, the oxygen of, mm -hmm. of sales development, right? If you don't have good data, you're completely screwed. So do you help them to clean the data or to provide clean data to be able to target? Or how does that whole thing work? Yeah, so it's typically twofold. Generally, we'll start with, let's just say a, a list of target accounts. We can certainly start with our data set there, which we know is clean because we're in that data all the time. Or we can take your data and run it through our process and clean up where needed to fill in those gaps. So it's really going to depend. I hate giving such a vanilla answer, but uh, the truth is it really does depend on where your starting point is. If you've got just, like you said, oodles of data, then typically the challenge you have is trying to figure out what's stale and what's not, what's still accurate, who's still at the company, these types of, of things that make your marketing campaigns more effective, your sales outreach more effective. And an SDR program, rather you do that internally or outsourced, can be a great way to help clean up some of that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's interesting and it's such a huge topic because, you know, it really depends where you are in the lifespan, life cycle of trying to figure out your go-to-market strategy, right? Because somebody might come to you and say, we kind of think we know who our ideal customer is and here's like four or five people who are probably involved, you know, in the purchasing process. And can you go out and get us some appointments so we could talk to them? And it may or may not, I mean, you're basically dealing with a hypothesis and you could knock it out of the park for somebody like that, but there is the potential of failure, right? And then they blame it on you. Well, there's always that potential. I think yeah. <laughs> um, 
generally you can tell you've been doing this for a long yeah, time because yeah. you're just like yeah it, it's it's the it's the truth <laughs> i think you know there's there's customers and those are the things honestly those are the things that keep me up at night because i'm i'm typically such a problem solver that it drives me nuts if i can't figure out that equation for a customer so i'll get off my soapbox there but that's something that that we always want to try to find out how we can make everyone successful and the truth is sometimes you know they're just starting they're so early that they're just trying to define what that looks like who should we be talking to? Who really, well, who does our message resonate with and who's going to care about what we do? And I think what happens is on the smaller side, you're looking at a very small list of active customers in most cases. So you've only got, you know, three or four, maybe five or six customers that you could look at and say, how do we model that DNA? And oftentimes, I'm not sure if you've seen this in your experience, but oftentimes it's friends of friends. You know, it was a word of mouth deal. And that's why you were talking to the, let's just say VP of sales, for instance. But normally, if you were going to go outbound, you wouldn't target the VP of sales, you would target the CRO. But you're not going to know that until you target enough VPs of sales to figure out that that's probably not where you should, where you should start, you know? So it's, it's one of those where if you're trying to still figure things out, you're trying to define that market, you're trying to really get a sense of who your message is going to resonate with the most. You can make an educated guess to start, but you've really got to put the activities in and see what transpires after you've done that. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, on the flip side of that, if you are in a established market and you know that there's one person or, you know, a group of people, maybe if it's an enterprise that that buys this one piece of technology every year and, you know, they may be locked into like a five-year contract, but you just got to go out and, and talk to them to get on the radar screen and become, you know, part of the conversation. You know, the clients like that, do they have a different set of expectations when they come to you or do you have to educate the clients and say, hey, look, I mean, they're locked into five-year contracts. Like, I don't know what you want me to do here. Yeah, I think transparency is probably one of the most important things in a, a good partnership with agency like ours or really anyone in that market map. So it's got to be a two-way street. You know, the last thing I would ever say is to keep somebody like an outsource agency at arm's length, which happens a lot. It's like, hey, we're just going to throw you these leads and you bring us meetings back. You can do that, but it's going to be limiting in your success. And I think for some companies, we do have to have those types of conversations and say, here's what we're actually hearing from your market. Here are the reasons why they want to, why they think we're great and why they think we're not so great. And then it's, it's being able to pivot from there. So if you can take that feedback from your SDR team, rather it be internal or outsourced, and you're feeding that into the right veins of the business that can go make a difference, like your product development team, for instance, or your marketing team would be another great use case, then you're going to see yourself constantly improving over time. But if you just let that data sit there and just move on to another you know, bucket, then you may be limited in your approachable market and the success that you yeah. see. I mean, I'm sure that you see that this a lot, but you know, people building pipeline and getting appointments, getting in front of people, critical part of the job for sure. And really hard, very difficult. It's good job security for you because <laughs> you're in this <laughs> business, but really hard, really difficult. People want to, you know, get it off their plate and go move on to something else, right? And so I could see that they could get in a relationship with you where it's like, dude, here's the data, here's the list, here's our customers, just go get me some meetings. And like, that really puts you in a bind, right? <laughs> David, that's, that's about 60% of the conversations that I have. I'm kidding. But no, that happens a lot. That does happen a lot. And I think yeah. the thing is, is you should be comfortable with doing that at some point. So when your program is up and running and humming along smoothly, you shouldn't have to keep a set of eyes on it like that 
the whole time. And ideally, you're working with an agency and a partner that can grow with you. And as they understand your unique value, as they understand your market and, and who you want to go after, they should be able to take the reins and just run with it. But where you run into pitfalls there is when you do that from the very beginning. If you're starting right off the bat and saying, here's a bunch of data, I need meetings, here's an hour-long training session, and then we're off to the races. Yeah, that might work and you might catch a little bit of low-hanging fruit, but there's no feedback loop. There's no Q&A session. There's no collaboration happening. That will be detrimental to your program. Yeah, And, and noticed, that's, again, that's mm-hmm. rather it's internal or outsourced. Yeah, big time. I mean, it's the same thing. And, and I noticed that the best run outsourced programs had the best you know, customer success program. So the meetings always were very, you know, meetings started on time, they had an agenda, they gave us the, the numbers, they gave us the high points, and they had a bunch of questions on trying to dig in, you know, and it never got stale, you know, over the course of the entire implementation. And the worst ones are just in a typical agency style, the worst ones are like, they just disappear, you know, after you have a couple of meetings. Um, so, <laughs> No, um, you hit the nail right. right on the head. You hit the nail okay. right on the head. I think yeah. that's if you're comparing apples to apples. So again, just to go back to our earlier point around pay for performance, dedicated or point solutions. But if you're in the market for any one of those three and you're comparing like for like and, and you're, you're making sure of that, the, really the two differentiators from there are going to be project management or customer success and training and development. Those two roles are probably the most critical for an outsourced agency. You want to be able to give your agency feedback and then have it actually fed into the training and development team to go change that behavior, whatever it is, or improve it or make that pivot or adjustment. If that company doesn't have a solid training and development program, then your advice and your tips and all the things that you share just kind of fall by the wayside. Yeah. So that could be a question to ask, I mean, if with your experience, you're saying that strong project management, customer success, and training are a huge factor. So those could be some of the questions that you ask when you're vetting out the different agencies that are out there, the different companies. Absolutely. And they should be questions that you ask. They certainly should be. Well, dude, this has been amazing. I mean, I got a page full of notes here. You know, in summary, you know, what should people be thinking of when they need pipeline, they need meetings, and they're looking at that quadrant in the market map. So I know it can be confusing. You know, there's a lot of logos that jump out at you. I think certainly you need a reputable company, one that has been around for a while. That's not just a pop-up shop, which we call them over here. But you also want to make sure again that, that they've done work with companies like you. I mentioned that earlier. I think that's extremely important. It should be your first qualifier and that they know how to go out and help you get from your current state to where you want to get to. If they can do that and they're hitting those check boxes, the next step would be, okay, tell me about your training and development team and can I, can I meet them? You know, is that something that's possible? Can I talk to some of the customers? You know, really do some due diligence there and that'll help you separate the companies out there that, that can truly help versus those that are, are just putting out the same, putting on a smiley face, you know what I mean? For lack of a better term, putting out that good face to the client. I think those, those types of questions and moving down that direction would really help you get to the next level with your search. I love it. And so we've got this this survey that we got over 100 responses of people and their experiences. And I'm thinking, and it's available at 10bound.com. You can get a free executive summary. But I'm thinking also that we put together like a checklist, you know, of the major factors. I love that idea. Um, and make it available so that, hey, you could just download it, you know, print it out. And as you're 
and scaling down, of course, call Seth, you know, first <laughs> to talk to him. But as you're, as you're looking at these options, it's like, let's go through the checklist. Do you have strong project management? Do you look, companies look like me, you know, do you have this, do you have that? And just check them off. And then if you can narrow that down, there you go. You're, should be in pretty good shape. Yeah, it's a great place to start. I think, you know, one of the intangibles too is you got to be able to work with them. You know, so personality clashes in a service-based business can be a challenge as well. And I think that's worth noting. You know, certainly they can check all the right boxes, but if if you don't get the right vibes from that person when you're in meetings and, you know, if, if you feel like that customer success layer is just not working well with you, let the agency know first because maybe they can change it out. But if that doesn't work, you know, that, that's something to consider as well. You know, make sure that you've got that good personal relationship. And the other thing I would say too is I did see the executive brief, at least the bullet points, and it seems like a lot of companies are really basing their decision on price. And I understand the logic there, but I will tell you, you do get what you pay for in the outsourced agency world. Typically something else is missing. If you're finding one that just looks drastically better than the rest on price, there's something that's missing there. And I would say certainly dig deeper. Yeah, it's a little bit shocking that that would be such a huge factor because if you think it, like it's very short term thinking to be like, I'm going to go with the cheapest one that I can find. <laughs> it's like, really? Because if it's good one and they can get you in front of the right person, one, I mean, this is the classic, but one big sale could pay for the whole implementation, buddy. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, the ROI has got to be there. And I think if you've got an agency that's basing all of their KPIs and metrics off of that, then that's, that's a great indicator right off the bat. But in terms of cost, I mean, you know, I'll use an example, but I've got three kids, right? And they always bug me to death every time we go to the dollar store. Dad, you got to buy me a toy. I don't know if you have dollar stores out there in California, oh, yeah. uh, but it, it never <laughs> fails. They find something that they like. And before we even get home, it's broken into bits and pieces because the quality is just not there. And so you truly do get what you pay for. I think with a lot of the agencies on the lower end of the cost spectrum, you're going to find maybe you've got to cover the tooling or the data, or there's just very low level resources at your disposal. They could even be offshored and you just don't know it. There's things like that, that you've really got to pull those layers back to really better understand why the cost is what it is. And at the end of the day, as long as the ROI is there, cost really shouldn't be your decision maker. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just very, very surprising that that would be, you know, one of the top things. Really good point. I mean, you know, the other thing about these is, you know, the barrier to entry is very low. So you got to be, you got to be really careful. I mean, we were hammering this point, but you got to go through the checklist that Seth is giving us to, because, you know, a person with logo and, you know, an instance of Salesforce and sales loft and a phone is suddenly an outsourced SDR agency. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's the thing. Tread and if they're, if they're really good on LinkedIn, then they become a thought leader as well. Right. And then all of a sudden, yes. and then all of a sudden you got a dangerous combo. It's too, <laughs> it's, it's too funny that we say that, but yes, you're absolutely right. You want to make sure you go through those checkpoints, make sure you're asking good questions. And then the other thing I would mention too, is make sure you're not that hammer. You're not in that hammer looking for a nail scenario. Really try to do some internal investigations and see you know, where are we in our development? Are we that company that's still trying to define things? Or do we have a really good handle on our ideal customer profile, our value to the market? And we've already got some basic wins in that column because that will help you decide which type of an agency might suit you best. 100%. 
Seth, you are a master of this topic, and I'm sure you just probably saved people a lot of time, gray hairs, and money <laughs> with these tips and, and tricks. So if folks want to get in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing over there and connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Best way would probably be through LinkedIn, Seth Kenny, K-I-N-N-E-Y, or you can always shoot me an email at seth.kenny at isales.com dot com i s a l e s s dot com excellent excellent and seth's homework he's going to get the company into the directory yes and hopefully we'll see you at the sales development conference this year so that more people know about this company i mean it's crazy man yeah well i've got i want to get out there i keep meaning to do that i missed last year's but i want to go to to, to the new york show this year so excellent. we'll take that offline i'm sure but yeah definitely want to get there seth thanks for coming on the show and we'll talk again soon thanks david have a great day Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.